I'm Autumn Vest, Executive Director of MSS and the host of State of the Nonprofits. Sue Roseberry is a well-known force in our region who is quite literally a beautiful voice for the communities she serves. Mama Sue, as many call her, is a master storyteller and speaker. She's also the Executive Director of the Midland Storytelling Festival. Welcome, Sue. Well, thank you, Autumn. I'm delighted to be on the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. I think you are like literally the best voice that we've had. You're going to be episode 17 for us. Oh, that's and so I'm just, cool. I'm so excited. Well, thank you for having me today. Absolutely. So let's start with you. Tell our listeners a little bit about you and how you came into nonprofit and what you do with the this, this Storytelling Festival. Okay, that's a big mouthful. A little bit about me is that I am a resident of Midland since 1981. I came along with the 81 oil boom and have staked my claim to where I believe is God's country. I love West Texas, and I've been here. I started off working in the oil industry, and my final days in the oil industry were right here next to the Shared Spaces property when that was an independent, the Energen Resources Corporation. Uh But uh, in a downturn in 2016, they sent me to the house. <laughs> and at that point, I started pursuing a lot of the other things that I was uh intrigued with and I feel gifted by the creator to do so. That kind of led to a full-fledged pursuit of nonprofits because I was already part-time hustling the storytelling circuit and I was sharing stories and doing stories, but I wasn't actually full-fledged in the organization. So in 2012, the Storytelling Festival, which had been always supported by Midland Independent School District, took a turn because the head of the organization retired after 50 years. I guess we had to let her go. And the school district was going to uh, disband the festival, but there were some enthusiasts who loved storytelling that said it's so good for our community. So myself and a few other enthusiasts got together and formed a little ragtag bag, a, a community group, and we were just going to try to keep the festival for one more year. And I tell you, we were hooked. And after we got started, thankfully, there were others in the nonprofit space, foundation people, and uh, with the Nonprofit Management Center, they kind of gave us some direction. And and we became a legitimate nonprofit in 2012. And uh, since then, have gone on to Uh, secure the festival in our community. And I've gone from being a certified volunteer to being the executive director. And I absolutely love it. Maybe a different way. (laughs) Yeah, certified. (laughs) Certified means you don't run when the work starts. (laughs) There you go. That's what that means. Well, I have had a joy of hearing you tell your stories and they're so incredible. And recently I got to hear you speak at the Midland Chamber of Commerce's West Texas Professional Women's Symposium. So your presentation there was really what predicated me wanting to bring you into this conversation in the podcast. You gave a talk titled Real Talk 101, Our Stock is Rising. And as I understood it, you related your personal value and the unique talents that we bring to the table to the stock market. Can you kind of 
talk about that? Yeah, I think we're the best commodity of all. Everything that we work with is an extraneous something. But what we're really talking about is people. That's what we're really talking about. And that's why I love the nonprofit space so much, because we're dealing in the thing that really makes the whole world go around. And that is people. That's our relationships. And so each individual has a unique something-something that they've been endowed with by the creator so that they can impact this world in a very special way. And I don't think we always see how important it is for us to just be uniquely who we were created to be so that we can brighten the space where we've been planted. I love that. You, you use the term a lot in your presentation, being your authentic self. And those are words that I hear so often, being your authentic self. What does that really mean? Well, I think, now I hear people use it a lot, and I think they use that as, as an excuse to be a crappy individual. But I think authentic <laughs> self really means bringing all of who you have uh, become cumulatively in all of your experiences, all of your life circumstances, and what it has molded you to be. Because life has a way of of smoothing out the rough edges and making us be exactly who it is that we're destined to be. So when we've gone through things, when we've endured things, we don't table all of those relationships and circumstances and move them to a place where we never remember, but it helps us to be more uh, intensely involved in life and be able to share and care. You know, there's a passage of scripture, I don't want to be preachy, but there's a passage of scripture where uh, it talks about Christ not being a high priest who couldn't be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. In other words, everything that we've been through just makes us a little more human. And it helps us to understand the plight of others and be a little bit more sensitive, a little bit more tolerant, and a little bit more understanding. All of those experiences make us uniquely who we are. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I know for all of us, especially in the nonprofit space, it is so important that we are not jaded by our experiences, that we are open and welcoming and engaging with all of the different personalities and understanding that their unique experiences have made them who they are and why they bring what they bring to the table. And it helps us to be able to advocate for those who are less fortunate than we are, because I think a lot of times when people are disabled or they're they're uh, handicapped or they have some kinds of disadvantages that people start uh you know, kind of marginalizing them or saying, well, you know, we can move them to the side, not worth it, not worth it. But all of us, honey, we going to go through something in this life and we may not need it today, but tomorrow we're going to need somebody. We're going to need something. And so it helps us to remember who we are, what we've been through, so that we can be more uh, forgiving and more tolerant and understanding of those who don't see the world the same way we do, don't experience life in the same way we do, and they just need a little help, need a little help. So 
I don't want to try to condense an entire incredible presentation that you gave recently <laughs> into a quick podcast, but there were five takeaways that you pointed out. And I wondered if you would kind of talk about what those five things are that people should remember. Well, first of all, the action, I, these are all action items. And the first is to believe in yourself which is real hard to do sometimes because we give our beliefs away to everything and everybody else, but you got to believe in yourself first. And if you don't, then no one else will. Then you've got to focus on your strengths. I know we all have things we'd love to improve, but I want people to remember that if we strengthen the things that are core values, all the things that we're good at, it's going to help us to shine. And the things that we're not so good at, well, they won't matter quite as much. And then we want to remove all the barriers all the barriers, even if that barrier is yourself. The things that we get into our own head about and discourage ourselves from doing the things that we really want to try to do. And then the fourth thing is to keep it simple. And when I say keep it simple, I mean do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Be the kind of person that you want other people to be to you. That's real simple. We get it complicated by trying to, you know, add in all these other things. You need to be of this party. You need to be of this race. You need to be of this. Go to this country club, live on this street. <laughs> Just keep it simple. Do other people the way you want to be done. And then finally, to let your actions speak for you, because they sure do speak a lot louder than our words. And I think in your case, though, there's a lot that speaks about you. And when I was preparing for this time with you today, I, I took a look at your website, which friends click into the show notes and go take a look because, oh my Lanta, all of the <laughs> talent and you are such a busy woman. You have such incredible projects happening. Um, but what caught my attention was that in your repertoire, I can't say that word in your repertoire. <laughs> okay. In the things that you do, <laughs> Come it, on with it. <laughs> it includes diversity training, um, can you talk a little bit about that? What kind of training does that provide for people? Well, what I've been fortunate to do as a storyteller is to tell stories that help build bridges between us. And I have discovered that even grown people need a story now and then to help us to see ourselves from a different vantage point and perspective. And it's easier for people to acknowledge the atrocities and, and inequities of a chicken and a duck and an eagle or, than it is to say it's me. So when I tell those stories or I use stories to point out some of our value systems or the lack thereof, people can see it more clearly and it helps them to embrace the message a lot easier. So I love talking about the differences between us because that's that's wonderful. If we were all just the same, how boring life would be. But it's the fact that we look different, we act different, and we think different that makes this life such a grand journey. Doesn't it, though? Yeah, it does. Uh, 
So have you worked with many um, local nonprofits or agencies around that kind of training? I haven't done a lot of diversity training in the nonprofit space. I've done quite a bit. Uh, when I was working, as I said, in the oil industry, I used to do some presentations, even for safety, utilizing story. I customized stories for all occasions, from weddings to funerals to diversity training. So anytime that I'm asked to do a presentation, I'm always wanting to know what are the things that you want to have highlighted or or that you want to bring to the space, even if it's just fun, you just want to laugh, then I want to know that too, so that I can customize what I'm going to share for that particular experience. Well, storytelling is so, it's such a powerful art form. Mm-hmm. And it is, if you haven't heard Mama Sue tell a story, uh, you need you you need to check that out. You need to tune in and find out where she's going to be. But so nonprofits, in in my opinion, we have a heightened responsibility. We kind of touched on this to welcome diversity, promote equity, and be inclusive. But setting and defining those standards and implementing them in meaningful ways, it can be overwhelming. How do we as leaders of nonprofits start to move that forward? Well, the first thing I think is to have a real acknowledgement of the fact that we do need to be more inclusive. And when we find that we have everything that looks a certain way, I mean, if all you got is snowmen, then you might want to go out and see, can you find frog, you know, find a a skater or two to mix in or something else, you know, a a reindeer, just, you know, just to kind of add a little bit of, you know, a little variety. So when we look around our spaces, whatever they are, it's not rocket science. If you look around and all of the people have a similar background, similar everything, then just figure out how you can add just even a little, a splash, a pop of color. (laughs) like the designers say, a a pop of color to the landscape so that it adds a little bit of variety. And the pop of color can come in an actual, you know, literal color, or it could just be a way of thinking or a way of of navigating the world. So how do we, and I know some some nonprofits struggle with diversifying in their board structure, and how Mm -hmm. do you make that environment more welcoming so that people feel that they are welcome to come to that table? Sometimes, I think knowledge is the key. Mm -hmm. I think knowledge is the key. So much of the time, we just assume everybody knows. You know, just because we know and we've been in the trenches forever, we know about it, but nobody knows about you. Nobody knows what you're doing. So I think this podcast is an excellent way to begin to spread the news and information. But don't uh, don't uh, downplay the value of just getting together in small groups and offering information about your organization. Ask to go speak to a church, especially if you're wanting blue people or yellow people to come and be on your board, go where they are and tell them what you do and how much you need them and how much you want them to be a part of what you're doing. And I think you'll be surprised with the level of interest that you'll find. I love it. So as we're coming to the end of our time together, is there any last thought that you would like to share or 
tell our nonprofits? Well, I'd like to tell you that the Midland Storytelling Festival is coming up. Our annual festival will be December the 1st through the 3rd. We will have a family, we'll have things that are virtual for those who are unable to be with us in person. We learned that during the pandemic. See how we can learn. You can teach an old dog new tricks. So we will have some virtual opportunities both on our YouTube channel and through Basin PBS on Friday night. We have a two-hour primetime special of storytelling with master tellers from all over the country. So you can just tune in and watch and listen. And then on Saturday, all day the 3rd, we will have a festival atmosphere going on down at the Bush Convention Center. They got it all repaired and we're going to be up in there having a wonderful time. And we invite everybody to come. It's free. Uh, the admission is free. You can't get better than that. And our foundations and sponsors have made it possible for us to offer this to the Midland community. And this is our 31st year. We sure want to see you. Oh, that's exciting news. And I'm going to say, I love that you are partnering with Basin PBS to go into people's homes. I love that you are talking about going to where people are and, and sharing your story mm-hmm. and your message. And I'm just, it's a great segue for me to tell you, our listeners, Continue to tune in to State of the Nonprofits. Our next episode will be with Randy Ham of Odessa Arts. We're going to be talking about taking your program to the public and not waiting for them to come to you. So stay tuned wherever you listen to podcasts. And as always, thank you so much to the Recording Library for their partnership. And Mama Sue, thank you for being here today. It's been a joy. Thank you.